This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome into the Otson Audibles podcast. I'm Matt Bray, Eric Scopel on the show. And today we have a guest. We have Jackson Moore, publisher of BearTerritory.net, our Cal site within the 24-7 Sports Network. We're going to have Jackson on breaking down the hiring of Tim DeRuder by the Oregon Ducks. He previously covered DeRuder at Cal. Jackson, thanks for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. Oh, thanks for having me. And uh, I also covered DeRuder during his time at Fresno State, too. So I've gotten a, a lot of DeRuder experience over the last decade. <laughs> That's right. I forgot about that. Uh, you, you also run the Bark Board, which is the Fresno State site. So DeRuder was a head coach there and then went to Cal as the co-defensive coordinator. Um, I, I guess let's start at Fresno State. Um, since that was his program, his defense, um, what what are the makeups of a Tim DeRuder defense, you think? Yeah, DeRuder, he came in and he had a, a tagline he used for mostly his defense, but perhaps the whole team. He said he wanted the Bulldogs to be fast, physical, and fanatical. And I would say they definitely brought that. You know, they were coming from – the Pat Hill years where it was a power run game. It was a really basic defense uh, that had struggled a little bit in recent years, just kind of a, an old school type team. And he brought in this team, I mean, both offensively and defensively, that was fast. That was just all over the field. And especially that three, four defense, we got to know uh, real well. And it, I mean, it was night and day right when he got into the, the program, this, three, four defense that was bringing pressure off the edge that was uh, had the defensive lineman to attack up front and really created a lot of turnovers. He, uh, he got aided by some really good safeties, uh, including all American Philip Tom Thomas, but I mean, they were intercepting passes like we've never seen at Fresno state. Um, you know, it it kind of dropped off almost year after year uh, just overall, not just on defense. And I think one of the reasons why, which I almost feel kind of a compliment to Coach Reuter is that he was a little more hands-off as a head coach with the defense than uh, probably we anticipated. He, he was just real known for overhauling defenses at every stop he had been as a coordinator, and uh, he really wanted to put uh, confidence and trust in his his own coordinator to kind of do it on his own, and I'm not sure if we got the full DeRuder defensive experience and uh, when Fresno State had Derek Carr and Devontae Adams, they didn't need much of a defense to win ball games that uh, over that stretch. But uh, I think what you see at Cal is probably more representative of what he can do as a coordinator. And uh, I mean, just very impressed by his scheme um, and what he can do when he's in, in control of it. Jackson, I was going to ask you just not even specifically about what Oregon is getting, but were you kind of surprised um, that DeRuder who only been at Cal for uh, you know, three or four years would, would, would jump ship and, and head to another PAC 12 school and kind of maybe what was your reaction thinking about what Oregon was getting there? Because I, I think when Oregon lost Andy Avalos, that the feeling was maybe they're going to go hire kind of a young 
upstart coordinator. Instead, they go out and they get someone with a ton of experience who happens to also be the coordinator for one of the other top defenses in the conference. Yeah, you know, I wasn't terribly surprised. It wasn't one I heard a whole lot of connection to, maybe as much as I, I would have expected it did before it happened. Um, but, you know, last offseason, I think Coach Reuter was kind of looking around and that was kind of the feeling that maybe he might go somewhere else last offseason. And, you know, he put together a pr pretty good run at Cal. I thought maybe it sounded like he could maybe make a, a case for another head coaching job. There was a lot of Mountain West openings last year and it sounded like he – express interest in some of those. And at the same time, Peter Sermon was, uh, sounded like he was getting some calls from other schools. So uh, that's where Coach Reuter's defensive coordinator tag dropped to co-defensive coordinator and Coach Sermon got elevated up. And I think that was more of a, a staff retainment move than performance by any means because the defense was fantastic the past couple of years under DeRuiter. And um, I think the writing was kind of on the wall that it wasn't going to go much longer, but um, you didn't quite know where he was going to end up by any means. And I think Oregon makes a lot of sense because you've just, you just see the way that he impacts programs, especially even if it's just a, a two, three year run before he moves elsewhere. Uh, I mean, he just makes a really big impact right off the bat. And it's one that, I mean, you've seen it at Texas A&M. He had a lot of success there with Von Miller. And I think he's a guy that can come in, elevate a defense and make a team that is, a Pac-12 title contender, maybe give them a bump up to being more of a, a national contender or whatever you want to say to as far as getting Oregon to another level. I think he's a, a kind of coach that can do that and um, might be short-lived. I don't know, but if he can do that for Oregon, then he'll probably have earned himself maybe another shot at a head coaching job at a maybe a group of five schools. So it could be a win-win if they can both achieve that over a kind of a short span is what my thinking is that. Jackson, you've got the unique experience of covering his impact in year one at Fresno State, his impact at year one um, at Cal. Are there correlations between his success? Why, why does the defenses at those schools make big jumps from in year one with him? Because those aren't his guys. You know, he's not recruiting to scheme yet. And so, you know, to his system. So he he's working with previous players recruited for a different scheme. What, what makes it so impactful right away? Yeah. I almost think his, his job at Cal was even more of a, um, more of a buildup. I mean, uh, at Fresno state, he took over a team that had only won four games and um, there was just a lot of talent that got hurt last year. It was a, a really decimated team. And there was the thought that they were going to be much better when everyone came back and, there was some eligibility and um, just schematically it, it just clicked right away for those guys. I mean, there was a lot of players that were four, three defensive ends that just were instant three, four outside linebackers and really effective at it and bringing a lot of havoc off the, the edges and something that wasn't even an option for them in the four, three defense before the, the way that they were doing it in Deruder's defense. And then, when you had the, the two safeties that the Fresno State had, they just feasted on everything that was going on in the front seven that they had built. Um, you know, at Cal, it was really a team that was built off of winning shootout games under the, the Sonny Dykes era. And it, it was more of a two-year kind of thing almost to, to really get Cal where he needed to get it. But, um, yeah, I think you look at Cal and it was more of a rebuild. They really had to mold the defense, overhaul the uh, mindset of the team and, I mean, it only took two seasons before all of a sudden Cal was one of the most effective defenses in the conference. And 
uh, I mean, really the strength of the defense, the offense didn't really get going until the last couple of games in 2019. So it's been a really defensive minded team. And I think Deruder deserves a lot of credit. And uh, he did have a very good atmosphere being with the defensive head coach, like Justin Wilcox and a lot of other really good defensive assistants. And I think by year two, uh, they, they had everything installed that they needed to in a, a power five level of defense recruit wise that got the job done for him. From a recruiting perspective, Jackson, what can Oregon expect there? I mean, Oregon, obviously, in America, Cristobal, it's like one of the staples of the program. You have to be a recruiter. Andy Avalos was a capable recruiter, maybe not an elite recruiter. They had some incredibly successful defensive assistant coaches from a recruiting perspective. A lot of those guys are still on staff, so it's not like Deruder's going to have to, I think, handle all of this. But what kind of – maybe what are some areas of the country he's had some success in? Kind of how has that gone? And then just, just a, another part of this is from a player development perspective. We talked about Von Miller earlier. Obviously, some really, really good linebackers came through Cal during his time as well there. Um, what, what kind of, I guess, two-part question there, but recruiting, player development, kind of what's your impression been of Jack of, uh, of Tim Druder? And then I guess you can also throw in your, your time covering Fresno State as well. Yeah, Fresno State, of course, the head coach always uh, kind of varies how they handle recruiting, and he was kind of more the closer there, um, you know, getting the commitment on the visit with the, the last meeting kind of thing. But um, it was very evident where his uh, recruiting ties and his uh, background was. And that was in Texas. Fresno State recruited Texas like never before. And um, it, sometimes that wasn't all that appreciated <laughs> with Fresno State. That's a very uh, California-based team most years. So they, they got back to that right away once he left. But a lot of the players that he recruited that uh, he didn't get to coach became the guys that helped Fresno State to 21 wins under Jeff Tedford in that, that two-year run pretty recently. So a little bit of uh, both sides from there. Uh, Cal, of course, he was more position-based with the outside linebackers the last couple of years and really hauled in some some solid outside linebackers. And he mixed it up. He There was definitely a lot of Cal offers in Texas again, and uh, they, they had some successes in Texas. And this past class, he was a head guy on a couple outside linebackers right in Northern California, right in the, the Cal's backyard. So I think he's developed over, I mean, it's been in California almost a decade. He's a California guy. There's still very strong Texas ties. I suppose that's from the Texas A&M years, but he really seems to uh, appreciate the type of athlete that comes out of Texas and has made that a priority. So uh, you can expect, I would say, definitely a lot of Texas and California ties from him over his course of the last 15 years or so that he's bringing into Oregon and um, development wise uh, you know, definitely at Cal he, he touched on both the inside and the outside linebackers more on the outside last couple of years and I mean the, the linebackers were definitely the strength of the team their the defensive backs of course they had some good ones at Cal and sent a couple to the NFL um, but the, more recently when you have guys like Evan Weaver and Coin uh, Dang and uh, Cameron Good, at outside linebacker, one of Deruder's guys, more specifically. I mean, that's what I think really made Cal's defense tough to to handle. And so, uh, again, he deserves a lot of credit there. And that was a four-year deal where you got to see his uh, guys come together uh, as well. So, uh, pretty good sample size, and I, I think he's done a pretty solid job. A lot of wondering within the Oregon fan base: four, three, three, four, three, three, five stack. Um, multiple what what what's a, a Tim DeRuiter defense from a scheme wise what is it most known for uh, a Tim DeRuiter defense is definitely a 3-4 defense it's definitely one that 
you're going to have your two traditional outside linebackers lined up along the edges. Um, those are guys that are going to pass rush for you. They may be able to drop back. Um, that was a little bit of a, a diverse uh, role with those two guys, but usually one that's going to be maybe more of an edge rush specialist. So really a, it's a three, four, but you will have four guys rushing the ball a lot. Um, a lot of nickel where, uh, you may only have two down defensive linemen when you need that extra defensive back. That's something we saw a lot of at Fresno State. Um, at Cal, more recently, I'm not sure if – I think maybe this wasn't necessarily DeRuiter's intent. It might have been more of Wilcox, but they really got into more of the nickel last year. That was something they wanted to do and something that they were trying to install this year if they would have had a few more games. Um, so that might be something to watch as well. But – Definitely a very traditional 3-4 defense, one that tries to get a lot of pressure up front, attacks, is aggressive. And uh, if you've got the defensive secondary that can uh, back you up, then it's a really dangerous defense to run in a good way for if you're Oregon. <laughs> Jackson, it's kind of unusual circumstances here because, and I know this hasn't been officially announced, but Tim Druder sounds like will be Oregon's new defensive coordinator almost like a coaching trade here because Keith Hayward reportedly joining the California staff. Um, I want to ask you if you like what you've heard on that. If, if it, I mean, cause I think we're still want to wait until this is reported, but like if that does take place, what is your perspective on that? Does that feel like kind of a fair trade or, or kind of like, and I guess what, what have you seen from fans from a Cal perspective on that? Are they excited by the possibility of bringing Hayward in? Yeah, I definitely think so. I think that's kind of a best-case scenario for Cal. Um, you know, there was kind of the thought maybe DeRuiter wasn't going to be around too much longer. I know um, it sounded like Arizona maybe looked at him for the defensive coordinator job as well previously. And um, we, as mentioned last offseason, things went a little different than we anticipated. So, um, you know, you're never quite sure what's going to be available to replace a guy like Tim DeRuiter, who was so key to building that defense. And especially at this stage of the recruiting or the coaching carousel, there, there may not be a lot of options. So to have Hayward available and it, it's such a kind of um, classic Justin Wilcox hire, a guy that he has worked with multiple times in the past, has had a lot of success, brings that recruiting aspect to things. Uh, I think that's, I mean, I, I tried to put a list of names together and the drop off from Hayward to the next guy is, is huge. So uh, for Cal, I think it's a, a big one to get him and, um, yeah, again, the kind of the best case scenario for the Golden Bears at this point. Is is Hayward going to be co-DC and look being looked at as like, hey, Peter Sermon's probably not going to be at Cal much longer because he'll get scooped up to be a head coach? Or do you feel like these are going to be two guys that could be working together uh, for a long time for Cal? It does sound like he, you know, he enjoyed working with both of them previously and that it's a relationship that might be lasting if, if Sermon sticks around for all, the long haul. And if Justin Wilcox, uh, both of them are there, uh, it sounds like he enjoys being in that atmosphere. But, um, you know, seeing as how it sounds like Hayward was maybe a bit disappointed to be passed up on the, the D.C. job at Oregon a couple of times that that's would I would imagine is his end game either to be next in line at Cal or – to uh, help boost his resume to get the job, the DC job somewhere else. And it does sound like, uh, I mean, DeRuiter leaves an outside linebacker opening. So either I would assume he's going to have to take it or uh, they move uh, coach Marcel Yates around. He has some linebacker experience, but uh, he's currently with the Cal safeties, but 
uh, I would anticipate he would probably get that code DC title or, or maybe at least be second in line if not. Um, and, and yeah, it sounds like he would be a, a very good option for Cal if they do need to replace Peter Sermon anytime soon. Hey Jackson, thanks for coming on the show. Really appreciate some insight into Tim DeRuiter's hiring at Oregon and also um, getting your insight on Keith Hayward going reportedly to Cal. Hasn't been quite announced yet, but I don't think either of us would be shocked uh, if when that is announced. Thanks for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.